Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. 911, what's the nature of your emergency? Your world can change in the blink of an eye. He walked into the bedroom and you know that she had been murdered. So he's running up and down, screaming, Oh my God, someone called 911. There are two men killing a girl. I know my son, and he would not go that long without saying anything to anyone. Safety can be an illusion, and reality a nightmare. So how do you feel a person, a grown person? Unspeakable crimes can penetrate any small town, big family, pretty face, or innocent child. And in the wake of a loved one's murder or disappearance, there is nothing more cruel or desperate as silence. Why won't people talk about it? That's another thing. People don't want to talk about it around here. For the families of the missing and murdered, they gambled with their sanity as they lose hope in closure and settle for justice. That's where the cold case playing cards come in. In each episode of the Dealing Justice podcast, your hosts Jennifer Dubasek and Lori Jennings will spotlight one card from the cold case playing card deck. Hear the victim's story from the friends and family who knew them best. Her mom will never stop fighting until she finds out what happens to her daughter. Learn about the crime and help close the case. Welcome to Season 2. We're not just playing cards. We're dealing justice. Welcome to episode 62, Pennsylvania. Yes. Tonight we're going to be discussing the bus to nowhere, which sounds like every Greyhound bus I've ever been on. Indeed. And the UFO Bigfoot invasion of 1973-1974. Man, that sounds cool as hell. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this. (laughs) I'm your host, Chris, and back alongside with me is James. What's up, people? Man, I've been missing doing this. I hope everybody had good holidays. We had a great break, and I am ready to get back at this, man. I think this is the longest break we've ever been on. I think so. Over a month, I think. Yeah. And... uh, it went by really fast, though. It did. But it, uh, did. It, it felt good. It felt good for me to not have to read or research or do anything for like three weeks straight. Well, see, your kid's climbing curtains now. She's just not yes. in the crib anymore. So yeah. So she's... Daddy, daddy much busier now. <laughs> so now I literally only have like a few hours 
at the like midnight to re- yeah. to research. Cause, uh, I know. It's crazy. Otherwise, she's up doing stuff. So yeah. But we're here. We're gonna do it for you. We're gonna roll. Let's do it, man. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into this bus from nowhere, James. You bet. All right, road warriors, climb aboard and take a ride on this week's point of interest as we impart the tale of the mysterious bus to nowhere in Philadelphia. Sweet. Not been to Philly. I, I, I didn't know this existed or I'd have looked for it when I got there. There's a lot of these we don't know exist until after we've been there. So that's why we got another, another round trip of the states, you know. One of these days. Yes, sir. Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority has an impressive fleet of over 1,000 buses to shuffle people all over the city and surrounding areas every single day. There is one, however, that serves quite a, uh, a more special and remarkable purpose, if you might say. This bus only runs at night, has no specific destination, no dedicated route, not even a unit number or even a street name is shown. The wandering bus, as it is called, appears to those who have sunk so low in life, hopelessly heavy-hearted with despair and trapped in personal darkness with seemingly no way to get out or cope with their situations. To those tortured souls, the bus is a last source of mental and emotional salvation, stepping in when they have reached a point to where in some cases they could not go on another single day. Although it can show up just about anywhere, it is most often spotted in the areas of West Powelton, Center City, Passayunk, Haverford, and Dauphin. I actually know where all those parts were because when I was there, we were traveling around. So That's when I ran the Rocky Stairs. You know, oh, okay. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did it, yeah. I right. did do that. I mean, who couldn't? Yeah, I'm true. a huge Rocky fan. Gotta I, do it when you're there. sacrilege if I didn't do that. Gotta do it when you're there. Yes, sir. People who were compelled to climb aboard this rolling confessional, so to say, relate feelings of compulsion for reasons they are unable to articulate. Now, even though the public transport SEPTA logo features prominently on the side of the bus, it is not listed on any official company manifest or transit maps. The driver, who never allows his face to be seen, is said to have a strong sense of those in need of emotional and spiritual help and will pass by these individuals to gauge their worthiness for redemption. An angel, you know, perhaps trying to earn his wings? You never know. Unfortunately, for those who see the bus but choose not to ignore it, never get another chance. Perhaps a metaphor for those who are lost and fail to call on the Lord for salvation or other forms of spiritual rescuing according to one's belief system before it is too late and they are lost forever. Strangely, the man behind the wheel doesn't stop on the initial go-round. At that stage, his goal is only to make his presence known. If the dejected soul wishes to board the bus, he or she must wave it down and ask to be allowed inside. If permission is granted, the doors open, allowing them to step into a place where they will be forced to face their demons head-on. Once aboard, an automated voice announces the current location, but no destination. They do not know where this ride will end or where it will lead to. The driver does not speak, nor does he accept a fare. People have tried to pay him, and he just motions them to take a seat. The bus is dead silent, and the other passengers do not look around. They are instantly transformed into a state of deep reflection. You are aware of the other passengers, and you can feel the bus in motion, but you are unable to focus on anything outside the windows. It is during this time that the passengers must sort their issues on a ride that can last for hours. In some cases, it is said the ride can continue for years. That's strange. 
This is based on the time needed for someone to reflect on their behaviors and to deal with them as to why they brought them to this point in the first place. The writers know they have emerged from the ordeal when they can focus and see the lights of the city and feel a sense of great relief as they have dealt with and conquered their fears, doubts, and despairs. What occurs after that is very mysterious. Some claim to have been dropped off at a time preceding the events that led to their situation in the first place. I thought that was badass. I was like, time travel, wait a minute. Cool. (laughs) It's a TARDIS. Yep. It gives them a chance to fix their lives and relive things they can do differently. There are also those who claim they remember nothing at all or what happened after the trip. They remember stepping on and getting off the bus with no memory of the in-between. Perhaps this is intentional once they face their darkness, deal with it, and move on. They choose to block it out as part of the healing process or something. I have no idea. Sadly, for a handful of passengers, it is said that there is no redemption. Their situation is beyond hope. Perhaps what they have done is so bad and they are so low in despair that they are not able to recover from it and it just reinforces their thoughts of hopelessness and pain. They are then forced to disembark, never to find that peace they hoped for. You know, truly tragic situation, but a very cold reality, unfortunately. There are stories of other buses like this that operate all over the northeastern United States and perhaps other places as well. For those who may be seeking healing or needing to face their innermost beast, keep an eye out if you're on a stroll one dark evening. If you see the bus coming, wave it down, give it a chance. It may be the last one you have at finding peace. Seems like the last place one would find solace or peace of mind is on public transportation. (laughs) (laughs) It tends to, in fact, do the opposite. But for those hurting and needing it, just take a seat, stay behind the yellow line, and do what you need to do to find the glorious inner peace. If there is no bus running in your life, find another way to get there. You are all worth the effort. Exact change is not needed. <laughs> wow. So that actually sounds pretty great, actually. I have never heard of this, but if I'm, such a thing existed, man, what a great thing. Because I was thinking about it, because, like, you know, you, you, you get on the bus or, or, I mean, the parking ride or whatever you get on, obviously, to go to a destination. Yeah. And so you're the whole time you're either working on something, you're thinking about something, or you're focusing on how soon or how long you have till you get to that destination to figure out something, right? And I did look it up. There are several people who have said they've ridden this bus. And, and they're, they, they're, they legit believe that they did it. Wow. You know, so I'm sitting there going, man, that's crazy. But, like, to get, just to be able to, just to have, like, just to actually have a bus or, or, or a transport system where, if you don't want to go anywhere, but you need to get away, just yep. to get on there and be able to ride it around the entire city as yep. long as you want, just to sort your shit out. Yep. That sounds therapeutic. It sounds it sounds science fictionish. You know? It does, but it sounds great because, like, how how great would it be to get on to, 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 to be able to go around your entire city, say here in Houston, yeah, go around Houston, right, without actually having a destination. I know. Just knowing that you can stay on the bus, no one's gonna bother you. Yep. You can sit there and think about your shit while you traverse the whole of the city, which is a huge city. There's a lot of people who are really hurting out there, yeah. and such a thing would be a, a true blessing. I mean, to me, that sounds also like just as peaceful because, like, I'm like, hell, I can get away for a little bit, get away without ha- having to drive. Yep. Not actually have to go anywhere. Go. That sounds wonderful. I, it I, does I, that indeed. That sounds great. I want, 
can we get one of those in Houston, please? I love the story. Yeah. I, I loved it. When I looked it up, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm doing I this. I want to get one in Houston. That sounds great. And man. like I said, you know how I, you know, as I repeat once again, that yeah. I like to talk about in my point of interest stories, places or things you can actually go or see. This, you may have to hunt for it, but yeah. if you can find it, hey, and if you need it, I'd say go for it. Oh, man, that sounds wonderful. That's a great story, dude. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. I'd never heard of it either, so that sounds... Man, now I'm really wanting to like just find it or start one myself because... Hell yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be driving because if I drive in Houston, I am not relaxing at all. No. People drive like crap here. No. Yeah, they drive like shit. Even the bus driver scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I've been on this. I'm like, how in the hell you make a turn down this? You yeah. got double parking everywhere. Like you got like a ten foot lane in the bus is like nine mm-hmm. and three quarters of a foot yeah. wide, and you like got no room on either side. They, it's like New York. When they, I was in New York City, holy crap! I not, mean, cabs were literally paper a paper thick. You know, like if you take a sheet of paper and yeah. put it between doors of cabs, they were almost that close together. I the mean, hell? It's psychotic. Crazy that would, business. That would, that would, I'd be so anxious at that, at that point. Yes, that, I'm like, dude, there's there's going to be an accident happening. Yep. Well, man, I am looking forward to hearing your story, brother. Me too, man. Let's take a quick break. I need some water, and then we'll uh, we'll get into it. Yes, sir. On this show, James, we have covered all manner of Bigfoot stories and all types of UFO stories. Indeed we have, sir. In fact, our first two episodes of the series, we covered a white-haired Bigfoot from Alabama. Yep. And a UFO seen by pilots over Alaska. And even our third episode, Arizona was on the abduction of Travis Walton. That's right. Another UFO story. More recently, we covered two different pilot UFO encounters in Alabama and North Dakota. Yep. And the thin-framed Coas County Wood Devils of New Hampshire. Yes. <laughs> Rarely does it seem, though, that the two worlds collide, but today we are covering just that. Yes. From 1973 through 1974, the state of Pennsylvania would play host to an enormous amount of UFO sightings. During the same time period, though, it was also host to a large amount of Bigfoot sightings in those same areas. Very cool. For the two-year period the invasion occurred, there would be a total of 277 encounters with either a UFO, a Bigfoot, or both. 277 that were reported, though, the number of unreported is unknown, but it is speculated to be more than double. Wow. 231 of those alone took place in 1973. Damn. 365 days a year, 231 of those had some sort of encounter with something. But first, let's uh, let's acknowledge our main source for this episode. Uh, so all the information for this episode came from the book Secret Invasion, the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot Casebook by Stan Gordon. Stan Gordon is an investigator, author, and lifelong resident of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. He began in the field investigating UFOs and other mysterious events in 1965 and is the primary investigator of the December 9th, 1965 UFO crash recovery incident that occurred near Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. In 1969, Gordon established a UFO hotline for the public to report UFO sightings to, inve- to investigate. In 1970, 
Gordon founded the Westmoreland County UFO Study Group, or WCUFOSG. That's a very long, <laughs> very long name. <laughs> the first of three volunteer research groups, which he would establish to investigate UFO sightings and other strange occurrences reported in Pennsylvania. Since November 1993, he continues to investigate and document strange events from across the Keystone State as an independent researcher and as a former Pennsylvania State Director for the MUFON Network. MUFON, MUFON. hey, I like MUFON. Gordon and his team were initially called out to investigate the numerous UFO reports, but would end up also being called for every eyewitness account of the Bigfoot sighting as well. Now, we won't be covering all 277 reported encounters on this episode because that would take forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got rent to pay. I got a job. You know, I got to go to work. In between all the dates I'm about to mention, creatures and UFOs were also being seen at almost a regular pace. Also, before we begin, just go in knowing that all these names of the people in these stories are either anonymous or their names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah, people in these <laughs> <laughs> people in this time in this era uh, did not speak about these kind of things for fear of being called crazy or ostracized. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It, I, I, that's God knows how many things we've missed or haven't heard about just in world history because people won't won't speak up. Right. Exactly. Because they're they're too afraid of being uh, called crazy or being a witch or whatever. Yeah. So. Our journey begins on January 1st uh, at 9 p.m. near Delmont. The first sighting of the year was said to be a bright star-like object with various colored lights. It was seen hovering high over a barn and suddenly took off with a burst of speed toward the northwest, then slowed down, then once again sped up and moved out of sight. Now, there's no Bigfoot creature on that day, but <clears throat> I just wanted to bring that uh, story to attention because, again, almost every day of that year, had something, something and it started on, on Holy the first day of the year. Now it's interesting to note that from January 1st to April 14th, the only reports that were coming in were UFO reports, but that's still a lot. Yeah. Reports of humanoid creatures didn't start to come in until April 15th between Penn and Manor, Pennsylvania at 8:30. Over a dozen witnesses reported seeing a UFO between the communities of Penn and Manor between 8:30 and 9 p.m. Then at about 10.15 that evening, a man was traveling alone in his vehicle and had just passed the Manor West Penn Power substation when he noticed a large, glowing, motionless object hovering 10 feet off the ground across the railroad tracks ahead of him. Outstanding read. Thank you. God, that was a lot of words. <laughs> that was a lot of words. <laughs> All right, now you're going to fuck me up. Thanks. Now you Sorry. just you jinxed me. You jinxed me, you jackass. <laughs> Thanks, jackass. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, see, there you go. The witness stated it was 36 feet in diameter and looked like a glowing spinning top. It lit up the area with a burning white glow, and around the center were two or three rows of square windows which emitted various colors. When the man got out of his car, he stated he could see what appeared to be a beam of light, like a type of rope coming out of the object. Wow. The rope extended about 20 yards from the left center of the object. On the other side of the rope, the witness said he saw some type of form. He stated the form appeared to be a hulk or a tor torso about 8 to 10 feet tall and had a color to it. So it's almost like wow. the UFO had a tether on a Bigfoot creature. It's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like when parents get those tethers for their kids, you know? <laughs> had him on a leash. Had letting, him on a le letting him out to pee, I guess. That's exactly what it was, yeah. I guess. 
Suddenly the line and form vanished and the UFO suddenly took off at a high speed toward the Harrison City area. July 31st, 1973. In a rural location close to Greengate Mall complex located on Route 30 west of Greensburg, the witness was cleaning up in a bathroom of their home when suddenly their nose picked the smell of something foul. Looking out the window, they spotted two shiny eyes right in front of the screen. They said the eyes were large and glowed red in the dark and appeared to be at the center of the window. Now, when Stan Gordon went to the house and looked at the bathroom window from the outside, he found it was situated eight feet off the ground. Mm. He also learned from the family that this had not been their first run-in with a creature. Sometime in late May or June, the teenage son and some friends were out walking on Greengate Road and heading toward the mall complex around dusk when they suddenly heard some noises in the bushes nearby. As they moved closer, they suddenly saw a creature emerge from the bushes. It was a bipedal hairy humanoid and was walking quickly across the road and through the field. They stated it was walking upright like a man with pointy ears and long arms that didn't swing when it walked. Now this uh, this mention of arms that didn't swing and actually the ears, the pointy ears would come up again and again in for, uh, future reports. Hmm. Okay. They estimated the creature's height as eight or nine feet tall and it was relatively thin. Now, I can buy eight feet, but nine, ten feet, who knows? Stan Gordon didn't have the boys take him to where he saw the creature. And when he got there, he came upon a strange sight. He found a footprint. The footprint was 13 inches in length, but only had three large toes. Interesting. Not the the normal five toes you see you've heard on most Bigfoot uh, casts. Yeah. Or that humans have. But only a 13 inch? 13 inch. That's That's how big my foot is. Yeah, that's not outside the range of humans. No, that's true. But the large, they they said were large three toes. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like maybe the the creature lost two toes. And like, you know how, like, if that happens, when you see a footprint, the the three toes are off to the side because it's like the first three. That's just his natural anatomy, apparently. Yeah. It's just three toes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then it wouldn't be the last three toe footprint he would find either. He made a cast of the print and he still has it to this day. Nice. Now, August 3rd, near Plum in Allegheny County, a woman was sitting outside enjoying the warm weather when she heard the sound of someone walking. As she turned to see who it was, she was startled to find it was a 9 to 10 foot creature covered in white hair. White hair now. White hair. Yeah. Ah, look out now. It was about 10 feet away from her and staring at her direction. Her dog didn't make a noise the entire time. Because the dog didn't want to get his ass whooped. 10 feet tall. <laughs> I sit there. Say, sit hey, there. He, he ain't messing with me. I'm not barking at shit. If I don't move, he don't see me. That's right. She went on to say the creature appeared to be slightly stooped. But it was very broad-shouldered and had a pear-shaped head. August 7, 1973, the same day Gordon found the three-toed print, he received a call from the UFO Center about an event that had occurred at 1.40 a.m. that morning. A man who lived in a mobile home near New Sawicki Township told police he was frightened by a tall, hair-covered creature. He described it as looking like a gorilla, but with glowing red eyes and estimated to be about eight feet tall, covered with hair, and was looking through a window in his residence. Again... They like looking through windows, man. man. So make sure you're not butt-ass naked uh, when you're when you're in the window, uh, yeah. your bathroom, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> August 14th, 4.30 a.m., a police officer near New Stanton was on patrol when he spotted what he thought were, at first, the reflector lights of a trailer. When he stopped to check it out, he realized they were, the, in fact, red glowing eyes, each about the size of a 50-cent piece. The eyes were connected to a tall, dark shape that was about 8 feet tall. 1 p.m. that same day, 
A man was fishing at a lake near Greengate Mall when he saw a hairy bipedal creature walking in the nearby woods. 1.45 that same day, two men were walking along the tracks near Radebog Road over the hill from the mall when they heard a noise in the nearby dense bush. Apparently, this, this Greengate Mall area has uh, the vast majority of the scientists. I guess these Bigfoot like to go shopping. <laughs> They're waiting for a, a sale at the shoe store. I suppose. You know, because size 13 and 15 is hard expensive. to get. They're expensive yeah, too, right? They are expensive. Exactly. Yes, sir. Assuming it was a deer, they approached and were startled when a tall, hairy ape creature quickly ran out of the bush and along the tracks. They later told a newspaper that, they, that the creature was about eight to eight and a half feet tall, completely covered in hair, smelled like rotten eggs, and at one point, it dropped down on all fours. Later that evening near Irwin, several men claimed to have seen another or possibly the same tall, hairy creature walking near a cemetery along Bush Creek Road. 9.25 that same day. Damn! Monroeville, a witness reported a disc-shaped object very low in the sky that tilted sideways while it was observed. They're just having a party up in here. August was a big month for this stuff, let me tell you, because hey, that was... Great uh, month. That was the 14th. Now we're going to August 16th. August is a good month. It's the most unique name of any month. It's also usually the hottest fucking month of the year. It's also hot. And at least down also, here in the south. It's also the month that I was birthed in. Okay, so, it's a, it's, so that's why. It's a wonderful month then. <laughs> It's the best month of the year after... Best month ever. After mine. That's right. Derry Township. <laughs> Derry Township, August 16th. Sometime that evening, a creature was seen resting on a grassy area. Upon later examination by the witness, the area had a large depression in the grass. Earlier that day, several other witnesses in Derry Township saw and pursued a Bigfoot-type creature they saw running towards some nearby woods. They only stopped giving chase when they entered an area where several damaged trees were seen, including a six-and-a-half-foot-tall white pine that had been ripped straight from the ground. Ooh. They were like, at that point, hell no. That was going to say, why are you going to follow it? Yeah, that's why they turned around. They are yeah. like, nope. Unless you're driving a tank, that I is would a, advise against it. That is a literal definition of they nope the hell out of there. Yeah. August 17th, Kingston Route 30. A man was driving along Route 30 near Latrobe, when he suddenly saw a large hairy creature carrying a dead deer across the roadway and enter the woods. Mm. Dinner time, baby. August 20th, Derry. A couple were driving between Hillside and Millwood when a large ape-like creature suddenly ran out in front of their car. When reporting this encounter later, they, the man swore that he hit the creature with the car, but upon the impact, the creature disappeared into thin air. Mm. That also will come up again, the, the disappearing creature. Weird. Yeah. Next, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm correlating some theories in my brain here oh good so. okay cool I'm, I'm interested to hear later on yeah i want to hear these okay next day august 21st kingston latrobe during the early morning hours a family living in a mobile home near kingston reported hearing loud horrifying screams a sound like heavy breathing and something knocking on the side of their home the encounters with creatures happened so often with this family that they eventually moved out of that area same day at 2 30 a.m Dairy resident Sue Mace, pseudonym, left her window partially open before going to bed. She was suddenly awakened out of her sleep and was horrified to see a grotesque face looking at her through the window only three feet away and, and nine feet off the ground. Damn! The creature was stooping down into the window, so it had to be taller than nine feet. Smack, <laughs> click. <laughs> yeah, I smack that you window shut and click. Never sleep with the window open. Nope. Well, you know what? If a nine-foot creature who has to stoop down to look in your window wants to get in your house, a little pain of glass ain't no. going to stop it. 
When Sue moved, the creature moved back and left. She described the face as round with dark hair, a flat pushed back nose similar to a gorilla. The eyes were oval and deep set. The eyes were dark with no whites and no eyelids, lashes, or eyebrows seen. She also remembered the smell of something dead or old rotted meat. 5.30 that day, at a housing development near Greensburg Mount Pleasant Road, a woman named Judy reported seeing a creature 200 feet down the road from where she stood. She stated it was 6 feet tall, husky, and very broad-shouldered. It had brown chestnut hair. Mm. 9.30 p.m. that same day, two people sitting outside on a porch near Trafford saw a red, green, and white lights in the sky. They looked similar to Christmas lights and were high in the sky, darting around and changing positions. That is very common, too. What, the UFOs, the, the red, green, the oh, Christmas yeah. light colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Red, and, red and green especially. Lot. Yeah. yeah. Red, green, and white. Yeah. Crazy. They were seen for about 45 minutes. 10.15 that same night, just a few miles down the road from where Judy had her sighting, near Greensburg Mount Pleasant Road, several people riding in a car near the Westmoreland County Fairgrounds near Norvelt watched as a large, hair-covered creature ran out of the woods and crossed the road in front of them. Sheesh. Like August 23rd, Apollo Armstrong County, a man reported seeing a bright orange ball which appeared low in the sky about 9 10 a.m. Later that night, a group of people were outside visiting their Yukon about 9 p.m. when they suddenly heard the sound of crying moaning that seemed to be coming from a nearby woods and, and not that kind of crying moaning. No, mm. it's not no, no, not the good stuff, it's not no late night wood nookie. Oh boy. Some of the group later left in their car and saw a creature emerge from the woods along the road and stagger past them as if injured or intoxicated. That same evening, a report was received about a Bigfoot creature seen near a rural residence near Penn, Pennsylvania. Also, Penn, that, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> I know, it's a weird name. P-E-N-N. I live in Penn, Penn. And it's P-E-N-N. Really? Penn, Sorry. Pennsylvania. It's not a very uh, um, creative name, no. No. Also that night, a chilling, wailing, crying sound could be heard in the third ward section of Latrobe. An audio recording of the strange cry was recorded by an unknown man who was contacted by a disc jockey at radio station WQTW in Latrobe the following day. The DJ conducted a short interview with the unknown caller, who refused to give his name. August would continue the creature feature with 20 more sightings through August 24th. 20. Sorry, wow. from from August twenty fourth through the end of the rep- of the month were reported. Twenty <sighs> twenty from the twenty fourth through the thirty first. Yeah, man. <clears throat> what is that like? That's um, two a day at least. Two a day, yeah. It's ramping up. That's nice, man. August 29th, that evening, a few miles outside of Greensburg, a woman observed a large, solid boomerang shaped object with windows hovering over her neighborhood for a short time before leaving. She then noticed the smell of sulfur in the area. Later that evening, she heard gunshots nearby. The next day, she learned the shots originated from a neighbor's house a short distance away. The neighbor had gone outside to see what was upsetting his dog, and when he did, he saw a huge, hairy creature like a big ape nearby. And what does a human do when they see something they don't understand? He ran back inside to get a rifle, Yeah. fired a few shots, and then ran back inside. (laughs) Chicken shit. First of all, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's like... It could be a human. You don't know. Yeah, I don't want to delay this, but I'm just saying that just... If you see, if you happen to have the lucky, the luck of the draw, and you see actually it. see one of these creatures, don't shoot at it, right, dumbasses. But I think it's one of those things where 
you know, you, if, if you were to, to go, I mean, it's enough if you're, it's at night, <clears throat> excuse me, and you go outside and you see a person you don't know yeah. in your backyard. That's unsettling enough. Because that means they're trying to do you harm. See, right. If you got bit Mr. Bigfoot in the backyard, he's just wandering through. But, but as unsettling as seeing a, another person would be, yeah. how even more unsettling would it be to see this thing that you know should not exist, yeah. should not be in your yard, yep. and it's there. I would also fire as well. Yep. Also because if, if well me personally, I'd be like, I want to get one to show the world. Gotcha. So that that's just me. I'm I'm a I'm a sadistic bastard. Well, you know, as more and more technology advances, this goes back to one of those theories I was concocting in my brain. Yeah. Is the fact that aliens and big feet have a tie. Like big feet are the foot soldiers for aliens in a lot of cases. Do a lot of physical labor. They're big boys. They can grab stuff. They yeah. can do things. But they're also intelligent. I don't think Bigfoots are stupid at all. Okay. If they were stupid, we'd find them all over the place. We'd see them all over the place. And then it also goes back to what you used to talk about, about the whole interdimensional thing. Yeah. Are they space travelers? Because they appear, and then they're gone without traces. You like, know? like that one guy said, he hit the, with his car and disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Did, did it Maybe just he go got to a different dimension? Or yeah. sucked up. Who knows? Yeah. Beam me up. <laughs> Illogical. Yep. September 1st, Penn Township. Three women were traveling on a country road near Penn when they observed a large UFO which was on the ground. The object was metallic and rectangular in shape. When they slowed down to get a better look at it, they saw a door-like structure appear along with steps that led from the doorway. All of a sudden, they saw two very tall, hairy Bigfoot-like creatures run down the steps and into the nearby woods. So that means that the UFO was dropping off the, the pets to go take a potty break. At that point, they sped away and never saw it again. September 3rd, New Alexandria. Near Loyohana Creek, a group of people were attending a picnic that afternoon when they suddenly heard terrifying bellowing screams. They also noticed something large and loud as hell was moving through the grass near the creek. They never saw what it was and didn't pursue it. However, earlier that morning, police received a call to that location to check out a supposed UFO that had landed in that field. A UFO would also be seen in Erie that morning, and Bigfoot reports from that day came in from Glassport, Whitney, Alberton, Indiana, and Altman. September 4th, 9.30 p.m., several witnesses observed what they described as a large torpedo-shaped object moving across the sky over the community. It was estimated to be about 500 feet above the ground and emitted a bright beam of light toward the ground as it passed. At that same time in Hermine, a creature was reported by a family at their home. September 11th, UFOs would be spotted in Superior, Dillsburg, and West Newton, and in Derry Township at Keystone State Park, a man witnessed two very large, man-like creatures covered with hair swimming in the water at the lake. September 18th, Derry Township, 10.20 p.m., as a woman was leaving the house and heading towards her car, she spotted a tall, dark shape right next to her car. It was at least eight feet tall with broad shoulders and very hairy. The creature then raised up its arms, which caused the woman to scream, which also caused the Bigfoot to scream, almost mimicking her cry. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> she then ran to the house and screamed louder. The creature then screamed louder and ran off. So it, it really was like mimicking her, her cries. Hey, you stupid <clears throat> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes after she spotted the creature, her husband and another man went out looking for it. They didn't find it. What they did find was a large, red, tubular-shaped object moving over the hillside behind the farm. 
the UFO illuminated the ground below it with a red light as it moved out of sight. You remember the old War of the Worlds? Yep, I do. The, the, the screaming little mm-hmm. thing when they hit it? Yep. November 2nd would see a series of UFO reports that came in from Grapeville, Irwin, Penn, Hutchinson, and Hempfield Township. 60 miles away, a set of three toed footprints, again, 11 inches long this time and 5 inches wide, would be found in Midland, so a Ooh. smaller creature. Wow. Sometime that month, a man who went by Tom Marks was out on the property near his mobile home walking his dogs around 10 p.m. Suddenly, he saw a dark figure near the corner of the woods, and Tom yelled at it to stop and asked what it was doing there. The form didn't answer, and he began to approach in his direction. As it got closer, he saw it was not human. It was a tall, hair-covered ape-like creature. So Tom, who always carried his twenty-two revolver, pulled it out and fired six shots at the creature from about 75 feet. All six bullets hit the creature, but instead of going down or getting angry, the creature vanished before his eyes. Really? Mm-hmm. Just went poof? Poof. However, he could still hear the sound of the creature's footsteps as it ran away from the forest. So it cloaked, it, it cloaked itself. Predator. Mm-hmm. Stealth technology. Still not believing what he saw, he went back to his trailer and collected his Krag 3040 rifle and went into the woods to get one of those things, as he quoted. Ugh. He would tell Stan Gordon that, quote, it wasn't something that was supposed to be here, end quote. Once he got deeper in the woods, he spotted the creature again and fired upon it. This time, however, when it hit the creature, it cried out in a very loud cry scream like a baby. Mm-hmm. That was enough to scare the hell out of Tom. He called off the hunt and hauled back to his trailer and called the authorities. What an idiot. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It, that ain't supposed to be here. Who the I'm, hell are you to tell? I'm going to kill it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the final encounter I want to cover tonight. Dun, 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 dun. Is by far the weirdest and wildest of all the 277 sightings. Of course. Of course it is. That's why it's the last one. Now, this is not the last one in the series. But this is the last one of today. Of tonight. This one, because this event took place October 25th, 1973. Occurrences and, um, um, because events still continued past this day into 74. But this is the, to me, when I read the book, this was the most outrageous one I read the entire book. Wow. So I wanted to end on this one. So it took place in Uniontown, PA on the night of October 25th. At about 9 p.m., Steve Palmer, fake name, and his wife were driving out to his father's farm to visit with family. Making their way down the dirt road toward the farm, they saw an unusual object low in the sky. It was a large, round object, red in color, as big as a barn, that appeared to be hovering 100 feet off the ground. I sainted. it. I saw it. It was big and red. Once they reached the farmhouse, they noticed the family members outside watching it as well. Fifteen people in total at the house were watching it. Steve then got back in his truck and drove down to a neighbor's house where he could view it from a better angle. As they watched it, it slowly began to descend toward the pasture on his father's farm. They decided to go and check it out. He and two of the young neighbor boys went to check it out, but first he went back to his farmhouse and grabbed his .30-06 rifle and some ammo. Here they go again. <laughs> he had four rounds of regular ammo and two tracer rounds. As they were loading up, they could hear a loud, odd whirring sound in the distance, as well as a mournful baby crying sounds in the night. Two sounds huh. in one. Two for the price of one. Yep. When they made it up the hill, Steve left his truck running with the headlights illuminating their path, but... As they walked up, they noticed the lights dimming as the truck seemed to lose power. Once they got to the field, there, about 250 feet away, was a huge, luminous object that seemed to hover just above the ground. 
Didn't you ever see Close Encounters? Can't get near those magnetic fields, man. They no. just they, <clears throat> they kill everything. It was no longer round nor red, but it appeared to be a bright white shape with a domed structure and a flat base. Huh. Yeah, it, it like changed. Turning it morphed into a standard what our standard definition of a UFO looks yeah. like. They estimated it to be about 100 feet in diameter, and the whirring sound was in fact coming from the object. They also noticed a smell in the air like burning rubber. Now, as unusual and frightening this sight must have been to these country folk, nothing could prepare them for what was also in the field. Oh, boy. Picture this. You're in the middle of a field right in front of you, about 100 feet away. Uh-huh. Is this large 100-foot object, right? Damn. To your right is a fence line. Okay. 75 feet away. At that fence line, 75 feet away, are two very tall, dark figures who are walking along the six-foot-high barbed wire fence. At first, the guys thought they were bears, but then realized that the baby crying sounds they heard were coming from these creatures. Hmm. They could also see the creatures were covered head to toe with brownish grayish hair, some of which was hanging off their bodies. One creature was over eight feet tall, while the other was about seven feet tall. Neither of these creatures seemed to have necks, but walked upright and had very long arms, which hung down around to their feet. Now, why were they crying, though? That's weird. Maybe it's just their noise, but I'm thinking mom and dad on the UFO said, all right, time to go. And their kids complaining. They're complaining. <laughs> bitching. Mom, exactly. five more minutes. The most striking feature, though, was that they had bright, glowing green eyes hmm. about the size of 50 cent pieces. So now they're green. Now they're green. And 50 cents. And 50 cents. Okay. The creatures moved very rigid against the fence line and were wailing loudly as they moved onward and moved in a weird pattern. Wait for us. When Don't the, leave. <laughs> when the creature in the front would reach the next fence post, it would bellow forth with a crying sound, and the creature in the back would move. So it's almost like it's sort of guiding its its way from back huh. to the UFO. Okay. No, actually, no. It was, I think it was I think it was even going away from the UFO. But either way, at that point, Steve fired the creatures, and his tracer, his first tracer, went over their heads. He fired again another tracer. But this time it got the creature's attention. And the creature in the front, the eight-foot one, reached its arm out as if trying to grab the tracer in midair. Really? When it did that, when it reached for the tracer, UFO blinked out and vanished from sight. You got to be kidding. All in an instant like that. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. The creatures then turned and went down the fence line toward the wooded area. Engage the cloaking device. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Humans. Go. Yep. Steve fired three more shots, and he believed he hit at least one of the creatures once, but they couldn't con- confirm it. They then got back in their truck, went home to their neighbor's house to call the police. The, the police arrived at 9.45 p.m. and went with Steve to the field to investigate. While they were there, they all heard something moving in the woods. When one of the cops shined his light towards the sound, it struck what seemed to be the larger of the two creatures standing about 10 feet away from them. Ooh. Steve fired his last round at the creature and hit it. It then charged the men, breaking through the fence, which caused them to turn back and run to the patrol car. You think? <laughs> you just shot him with a 30 odd six. He just blinked at it, ran through a fence. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. See, that's that's what pisses me off. Humans are so <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> they don't know what it is. Look, when you're when you're when you're growing up as a kid, you don't know what it is. Yeah. What, do you, what do you do? You poke it with a stick. Exactly. When you get older and you have a gun, what Let's do you do? It. You shoot it. Let's shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> They went back to the barracks and called in Stan Gordon's team. He arrived with fellow investigator George Lutz and a few others and began investigating and questioning all the witnesses, including Steve. 
They then end up going back out into the field uh, with Steve and the police to sort of investigate the area. While they were out in the field, Steve began acting weird. He began growling and acting very much like an animal. Hmm. He leapt at the investigators to attack, but was held back by two others. He then began to run around the field, swinging his arms and screaming in human-like growls. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like he got some LSD or something. You know, he was tripping balls. He got the spirit. Woo! <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. The others in the field noticed the smell of rotten eggs or sulfur in the area at the same time. Hmm. Now, eventually, they were able to calm Steve down. And he came back around. And while he had no recollection of his physical actions, he told investigators that while he was under the spell, he saw a man-like figure cloaked in a black robe, a black hat, and carrying a sickle. He told The figure told Steve that the world was going to end if mankind didn't change their ways. Two weeks later, Steve would be visited by men in black who listened to his account and even showed Steve photos of UFOs and Bigfoot creatures, then asked Steve if the creatures in this photo resembled any of the creatures he saw that night. Wow. They then left and never contacted Steve again. Now, the events of this invasion began to slow down in 1974, and after December of that year, seemed to almost come to a halt. Hmm. But what exactly was the reason for all the UFO Bigfoot sightings in that two-year period? Huh. Were aliens performing some sort of recon? Were uh, they trying to populate the world with the creatures? I don't know. There's no telling. Why, and why were the creatures being seen at some only some of the experiences? Yeah. Uh, we'll never know, but... At, after 1974, the reports went back to normal, uh, normal ratings, normal accounts. Sparks yeah. here and there, here kind and of there. stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> as far as I, as far as I could find, it has never reached the amount of sightings or the consistency of sightings as it did in 73 and 74. Wow, yeah. nice. Because I believe the same kind of thing happened around Indiana in that same year, 73, 74. They had huge sightings. Remember, because we oh, discussed the, that uh, before. Yeah, the invasion part, right? Yeah, there was mm-hmm. like tons of UFO sightings. In 74, it was like so many, it was un- you couldn't even count them. Right, right, yeah. But it's that so- was like in Indiana around the Muncie area and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, hmm. Because remember I was telling yeah, you about that's the right. whole- you, You're always bringing that up, I'm even though I told you that. that it happens like after it he happens- made the movie. The movie came out. Yeah. Well, I don't know when he filmed the motherfucker. Well- <laughs> I'm telling you, good. I know it came out after that happened. But it's, it's coincidental. So are you saying cool. that Steven Spielberg... Making that movie caused UFOs to come Steven down. I'm saying Steven Spielberg is a shaved down Bigfoot. <laughs> okay, well the, he's a three toed Bigfoot. You we heard need, it here first. He's we, a, we need to pull his boots off and look at his feet. He's he's a shaved tiny three toed Bigfoot. That's right. And they left him behind <laughs> for reconnaissance. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, cool. All right, but well, uh, yeah, that's so that's the end of the Pennsylvania episode. Indeed, um, it is. I had a lot of fun. Lot of, learned a lot of cool stuff. That bus nowhere sounds still sounds magical. That like, is crazy, isn't I, it? I still want to go check it out. Yeah, because that just sounds like something I need, especially after all this craziness that's been going on. I just need to get out and just be alone with myself for a while. Yes, sir. Away from people that I love. Sorry, I love you, but I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Well, if you do get a chance and you like to support the show, uh, you could go to www.patreon.com forward slash state of fear. Uh, we have one level, seven bucks. You have access to everything. Our ad-free episodes, our special content, bloopers, you name it. And trust me, there's plenty of those. There, Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we appreciate the support. You can find us on social media, and you can find us definitely everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you had not figured that out already, 
Wake up. Where you been then? Where you been I at? I don't know. Where you been at? I don't know. All right, but well, I think the next uh, next state we're heading to is Illinois. Illinois, man. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I'm ready to get out of the state because uh, I, I think I smell Bigfoot. I smell sulfur. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. See ya. Peace. Bye.